Good morning. God is good. <laughs> well, I said a few times before, I'm not Gary Carpenter. Uh, don't teach the way Gary teaches. I'm not Alan Taylor. Don't teach the way Alan teaches. But, you know, each one of us, we have a gift we have to allow that to operate. So I'm going to do the best I can to do what I do and let him do what he does. And (laughs) we're going to have church. Amen. It took me a little while to come to the realization that I, that I don't have to be Dave Roberson. You know, it's freeing. To know, you know, I don't have to be Gary Carpenter. I don't have to be Alan Taylor. I don't have to be... I may look up to them and enjoy them and enjoy their teaching and enjoy what they have to say and honor them, respect them, but I don't have to be them. And I'm not them. And it is freeing to understand that I don't ever have to operate the way someone else operates. I don't ever have to fulfill the call that someone else has on their life. Hallelujah. So today, I want to continue in the same vein that I've been talking about the things of the Spirit. I want to continue to go down this pathway because I believe that in order to fulfill all that God has called us to fulfill, it is imperative that we stay in the Spirit. So it may not be a, a deep, heavy revelation this morning. But I hope that it's a reminder and that it helps keep us on track and continue down the path of walking after the things of the Spirit. Let's go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. I was kind of giggling this morning during worship because, I don't know, sometimes I have little flashbacks and I remember... Pastor Dave would stand at the pulpit and they would be singing and worshiping and he's singing and then he would go to speak and he says, they've got my mic muted. <laughs> you know, and and you know, he says, why would they do that? <laughs> We're worshiping and singing. You know, anyway, it just, uh, I, I love Pastor Dave and, and just the little hints of humor that, that always uh, helped me. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed his sense of humor. All right. First Corinthians. Let's go. Let's back up to first Corinthians chapter two. Go back to this text here. First Corinthians chapter two, verse one. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom Declaring to you the testimony of God. For I am determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. Had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so... No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, 
but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Those things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but in which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So as we've been saying, in order to walk after the Spirit and to understand the things of the Spirit, they must be understood by the Spirit. It says that the natural man cannot discern the things of the Spirit. Doesn't say it's very difficult. Doesn't mean. Doesn't say if you work hard enough and you study good enough and you you do enough, you could understand them. It says it cannot be understood by the natural man. So we have to come to a place in our thinking where we're no longer relying upon our natural man to understand spiritual things. Our natural man is necessary in order for us to operate in this world. You're going to have to think. There's going to be some things that you're going to have to do, and there's things that your brain has to function in that are natural, and are necessary. I wouldn't be here this morning if it wasn't for my natural mind. I wouldn't be able to drive here if I didn't think about what I was doing as I was doing that. Or it would be, could be very catastrophic if I wasn't thinking using my natural brain. But when it comes to the things of the Spirit, we have to learn to think differently. Sometimes things that don't make sense... I'm going to use an analogy from my workplace. Uh, I install internet for a living. And so I don't think of it this way, but actually my job is quite dangerous. And we, at the company that I work for, we have regular meetings about safety and doing your job safely. Um, They're not meetings that I really look forward to attending. They're not things that I really like to hear about, but we we do them on a regular basis. And when we install internet, one of the things that we have to do is we have to climb up on a ladder. We put a ladder on what's called the strand, which is the support system for our network. There's a support between telephone poles. I'm sure you've seen it out there before. And we, we have hooks on the end of our ladder. We hook it on that strand. We climb up there and do our job. Most of the time, my job is, is quite simple as far as the work that has to be done there. I climb up there and I connect one connector and I climb back down. That's pretty much all there is to it. It's almost like going up changing a light bulb. I mean, it's very simple. So the way that I've done it for many years, so put the hooks on the ladder, climb up there, do my job, climb back down. A few people got hurt doing that. So they evaluated that. They come up with a way, a new way now that we do this. And now we have to throw a rope over the strand, tie the rope to the ladder, make sure that the ladder's tied off to that rope, wrap it around the ladder seven or eight times, have a special knot that you put on the top part and a special knot you put on the bottom part. Then you can climb up the ladder, do your job, come back down. So it takes more time to do the safety procedure than it does to do the job that you're doing. For me, because I've done it one way for so many years, muscle memory, whatever you might want to call it, tells me this is how you do it. And the way that you just explained to me is totally ridiculous. Why would I ever do that? But the problem is, they write the check. (laughs) The problem is, this is the way the boss says it needs to be done. So it no longer matters what my opinion is. It no longer matters how I would prefer to do it or how I've always done it. What's always worked for me is not what's important. What's important is that I follow the procedure that has been set out. And the truth is, they've spent a lot of money and a lot of investigation, a lot of research into why this is a better method. And I haven't done that. I don't know why it's better, but they've come up with a reason and... They're willing to spend the extra amount of money it takes for me to do that. So for them, it's worth it. With God, sometimes there's things that we've done our whole life a particular way. 
There are ways in which we can accomplish things that we know that we're good at. And the Lord might say, I want you to do it this way. And if we're not careful, if we're not able to change our thinking and renew our mind to the things of the Spirit, it's so easy to say, I've always done it this way. It's always worked. I've never gotten hurt. I've never had a problem. It's always given me good results. Why change it? And the natural mind begins to say, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. That's a waste of time. Why would God say to do that? That's not even God. It couldn't be. Because this is how it worked all these years. But see, you don't know the future. You don't know the reason that God's asking you to do it a particular way. You don't know what He might be saving you from. You don't understand the dangers. You don't understand the fullness of the call that He may have on your life. You don't know how many people you're going to cross if you do it a different way. You know, maybe it's as simple as the the way you drive to work every day or the way that you drive to church every week. And there's something on the inside that says, turn left here. And your natural mind says, that's ridiculous. I know that the church is to the right. Why would I make a left? And if we're not careful, I know this is simple stuff, but it doesn't get any more complicated. If we're not careful, we dismiss that and we go on. And if you're not going to obey God when he says turn left, why is he going to continue to talk to you about the more important things of life? He wants obedience from us. And He needs us to follow Him in every step of the way so that we build our confidence in hearing from the Lord. In my opinion, the main reason that people who say they don't hear God, the reason that they don't hear Him is because they've seared their conscience or seared their hearing because they've discredited those things that He was trying to say in the past. So when He says something that seems... Ridiculous. It seems out of the normal way of doing things. That's the time when we need to renew our mind. And maybe it is something ridiculous. Maybe that was just an odd thought that came into your mind. But it's worth taking a second to say, Did I hear you, Lord? And you know, he's not nervous. It doesn't make him agitated if we ask him to clarify. Did you say, Is that what you said, Lord? Is that the direction you want me to go? You're much more important to God than, than just a, a simple whim that might come to your mind that you think this must be God. It's okay to say, I'm not sure. Lord, is that really what you're saying? And, and you're not in disobedience as long as you're willing to listen and willing to hear what he has to say. And then you do it once you know that you've heard it. It's okay to check it out. It's okay to I- inquire with him and say, hey, is this really what you're saying? But it's important that we don't just discredit it because it doesn't line up with our natural man. It's impossible to discern the things of the Spirit with the natural man. Now, uh, a few weeks ago I, I mentioned there's no gift of discernment. And so I want to clarify that just a little bit. I had a few questions about it and I... Um, The Bible tells us this. There's a gift. We might get into the gifts here if we have time. There's a gift of the discerning of spirits. And when we read those things, those gifts are as the Spirit wills. But you see, discernment is not a gift as the Spirit wills. Discernment is something we learn to walk in, and and it's available to every one of us to be able to, to discern the things of the Spirit from the things of the flesh. From the spiritual man and the natural man. We can learn to discern those things by walking after the Spirit. And we have those tools available to us. They've been taught extensively. And I'm not going to try to reteach any of those things today. But I just I feel it's important to focus on the things of the Spirit discerning whether we're walking after the Spirit or walking after the flesh. 
One of the keys, I believe, to doing this is to be humble. So you can objectively look at your life and look at the decisions that you're making and the things that you're doing and say, am I following after the Spirit? And if, because it's not a failure to say that wasn't God. It's actually a success because you realize that, hey, that wasn't the way I was supposed to be going. So you're beginning to identify and discern the Spirit from the natural. All right, let, let's go ahead and turn over to 1 Corinthians 12. And we'll start in the first verse. I think we'll have time to get through most of this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And again, the word gifts is italicized to bring better meaning to what he's saying. But really he's talking about the things of the Spirit. I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So, Paul's just letting you know, because of the audience he's speaking to, <laughs> they've been led astray by idols that don't even speak. So he's letting them know that when people do speak, <laughs> they ought to be glorifying God. They ought to be exalting Jesus as Lord. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on that, but that's kind of the foundation that he's laying here. So, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So I think it's important to note here that these gifts are available in the Spirit, but they are available as He wills. Now, it doesn't mean that they're just completely up to chance. Um, there's a lot of people that look at successful people and they see how they got their success, and they say, boy, wasn't he lucky. But what they don't realize is that that person may have spent many, many years setting himself up to be able to find that one thing that made him successful. And see, it's the same thing with the, the gifts of the Spirit. It's not just by chance. It's not, it is as the Spirit wills. But it's not like, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. We can better our chances of walking in the gifts of the Spirit by making ourselves available to them and realizing that we are available to them, renewing our mind to the things of God and understanding that He desires to work through each and every one of us on a regular basis. And these gifts are not, they're not reserved just for the pulpit. They're not reserved for a church service. As a matter of fact, I believe that they shine when we operate in them out in the world, in the world around us. This is when these gifts can, can manifest and really show people who God is. So what are these gifts? He said that we have a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Most people are familiar with those. and Sometimes it's hard to distinguish whether it's a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. But one thing that I've noticed, especially through Dave Roberson, is a, oftentimes these gifts are linked together. Like Pastor Dave may have a word of knowledge that there's someone here who has a problem in their back or has this or that. And, 
they receive a healing because there's a gift of healing attached to it. Um, wisdom oftentimes is more directing. Uh, now, now, don't get me wrong. You should never be led by a gift. You're never led by a prophecy. You're led by the Spirit of God. But a word of wisdom may be more specific about a, an action that you need to take, a decision that you need to make. I remember one day I was here at the prayer center. It's important to recognize the little things that God does to, to get our attention. That morning, I got up and I got dressed. As silly and ridiculous as it sounds, I felt as though I should change my shirt. <laughs> and so I changed my shirt and I put on a blue shirt. And I was sitting in the back row over there and Brad knew who I was, but for whatever reason... Um, he was kind of in the spirit, and he—I mean, he was in the spirit, and maybe he didn't recognize me or whatever. But he says, "He said, there's someone in a blue shirt over here, and I've got a word for you." When I stood up, and he says, "I know why the Lord said it that way. It's because I'm too close to your situation to be able to give you that word without the Lord drawing attention to it." I still remember. <laughs> it still ministers to me today that gift. From, I don't know how many years ago, I had just, I'd been in business, and I knew that God had told me to start that business. And the thing is, sometimes when God tells us to do something, and if we're not willing to walk after the Spirit, we can grab a hold of it so tight, and try to accomplish it so, so uh, hard, and we want it so badly, that we miss what the Spirit is saying in our own endeavor to accomplish what He told us to accomplish. So God had told me to start this business. I'd been doing it for a few years. Things weren't going well. And you never want to leave something when it's not going well. At least that's my philosophy. That's the way I felt. I'm like, you know, uh, if I'm not supposed to do this anymore, fine. But I want it to be successful because it's what God told me to do. And it wasn't very successful. And I was having very, a lot of difficulty. And the Lord opened the door for another opportunity for me. And I resigned from that uh, business. And it hurt. But I knew it's what God was saying. And that morning Brad said, You made the right decision. He had no idea what was going on. Because I had just made that decision the night before or that week. And I just made the phone call and said, okay, I'll do that. But see, a gift of the Spirit has with it the power of God, the grace of God to fulfill whatever it is that that gift was intended for. If it's a word of knowledge, he's not just going to say, I know that you have a problem with your right knee. That's great. You didn't know that before, now you know it. That's not what it's for. There's, an, there's a grace upon it, there's an anointing there, and there's a fulfillment to what God is saying if we stay in the Spirit and we fulfill and we walk after those things. So it goes on. It says, to another faith... By the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, by the same Spirit, to another workings of miracles. So when he says to another faith, you know, people have different interpretations, different ideas of what that might mean, but I always enjoyed how Pastor Dave would describe that. It's like you feel like you're, like you can do anything, you know. You feel like there's nothing that's impossible and, 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 and under that anointing, anything can be accomplished. And uh, I remember one time I was in Africa, in Kenya, Africa, and uh, I was talking about healing. And, and, you know, I said, if there's anybody sick here, if you'll come down here right now, God's going to heal you. The thing is, um, I believed it at that moment. <laughs> And, and you know what? A bunch of people got healed, thank God. But after the meeting, I thought, why in the world did I say that? 
You know, what if they didn't get healed? What if it didn't? But see, under that anointing, under that gifting, there's a grace and God is going to fulfill the gift if we stay in the spirit. Because if I were to try to do that with my natural mind, I might be able to coax you into it and talk you into it. But without the power of the spirit to fulfill that, it's not going to happen. And, and to my knowledge, every person that came forward got healed that day. And, and we heard testimonies for, for weeks to come. And, that, and that's wonderful. But that's a gift of the Spirit. It's accomplished by the Holy Spirit when we are walking in the Spirit to be available for that to manifest. To another, gifts of healings. We've talked some on that. Working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits. Miracles, it's a little different from healings, but they also work together. Also kind of hard to distinguish at times, but there was a man here in the service that we picked up from the prison years ago. We would bring them in, and this man was, had, a arm, had a cast on his arm. He had broken his arm. So... He needed more than a, a healing, really. He needed a miracle because the bone was not what it was supposed to be. And uh, along with the word of knowledge, Pastor Dave called him out, prayed for him. The next week, he had his cast off. And he gave the testimony that he went back to the prison, he says, I knew, he says, I know, I, was, I, could, I could move my fingers, I could do it. He says, I just soaked that cast in water and just kept rubbing it until it finally was able to peel off. And he peeled it completely off and he was completely, totally healed. That's a, that's a, a working of miracles. God, that the bone was, that was severed was completely, totally put back together. That's a working of miracles. Prophecy, discerning of spirits. We're all probably pretty familiar with prophecy but basically prophecy is speaking in a known language the mind of God that you might understand it and be able to walk in that and be ministered by that whether it be through edification exhortation comfort discerning of spirits I think this is this is kind of my opinion but um in my experience, I'll say it that way. In my experience, it seems as though the gifts have different intensities at times. So, and different manifestations, as it says, there's different manifestations of the same gifts. So you have a word of knowledge. Sometimes it's actually a word that you speak to someone. Sometimes you might see a vision or have a uh, unction. And, and some of those things can be the same thing, but maybe just at a different intensity. And, the, and with the discerning of spirits in my life, I've recognized when there was an evil spirit present. I've recognized when there is an angel present. More than just uh, knowing that, you know, the presence of the Lord is here or whatever. I've recognized that, especially in ministering to individuals. But I believe that in its full manifestation, the discerning of spirits is when you can look into the spirit realm and see what's happening around you in the realm of the spirit. That's the discerning of spirits. You can see demons, you can see angels, see what's going on. And we all can... Have the uh, demonstration of that was Pastor Dave when he saw the ruler of darkness standing at the door. He saw little demons running around in here and whispering in people's ears, speaking things to us. And so that's a discernment of spirits. And all of these gifts, when they're in manifestation, there's a purpose. Again, um, if you're ministering to someone and you can see that there's a demon that's tormenting that person it's not for you to just go well huh look at that (laughs) you know i just saw something no see there's going to be a fulfillment of what that was intended by that gift it'd be to uh, bind that or cast it out or what and it's important that we stay in the spirit so that we understand how to fulfill that gifting when it's present and operating so we have prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues, 
But one, the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So, each gifting is available to us, and we can position ourselves in a place, when we walk after the Spirit, to be able to operate in any one of those gifts as the Spirit wills. They're ready and available for us, and we're able to function in them, but they're all as He wills. And thank God we've been given instructions at this place to put ourselves in that position where we can function as God wants us to function. Spending time praying in other tongues, spending time fasting, spending time uh, worshiping Him, meditating the Word, assimilating the Word. We, We put ourselves in a position... For the Holy Spirit to manifest through us. And see, I believe as we continue on this path to revival, we're going to see more and more manifestations of the Spirit. Uh, They may be gifts. I pointed out that gifts is italicized at the beginning of this chapter. Is that it's not just about a particular gifts. I think the last time I talked about this, I talked about categories, <laughs> ways in which the Holy Spirit moves. But that we, He's not limited to these nine gifts that are listed here. The Holy Ghost can manifest in your life any way that He chooses. And as we yield ourselves over to Him, we open the door to allow Him to move and manifest at our job. In our family, in every area of our life. And we don't necessarily have to wait on a gift, but we can discern what the Spirit is saying, follow that pathway, and guess what? He leads us right out of trouble. He leads us right out of tribulation. He leads us right through the difficult times if we keep our focus on the things of the Spirit. I heard a testimony one time of Brother Hagen that someone asked him, you know, he, he said, Pop, how, how did you get all of this? And he's like, how did I get all of what? You know, and he's talking about the great ministry that he had. And he says, well, I, I never really looked up to pay attention. You know, he says, I just keep my head down and keep focusing on what the Holy Spirit has said. Keep focusing on what God has said. He keep walking after the Spirit. And then, you know, you might stick your head up. You may not like what's, what's surrounding you. You may not like what's around you. There may be tribulation and difficulties all around. But we put our head back down. We keep looking. We, we stay focused on the things of God. We follow after the Spirit. And you know what? He's going to lead us through that. You may look up later and, and look around and you're, and you're in a place of victory. Praise God. But you know what? We can't stand there and, and, and party. We got to stay focused. Just continue down that path. Continue walking after the Spirit and fulfill the things that God has said to fulfill. But do it through the Spirit. Not after the abilities of the flesh. You know, there's a lot of great ministries that have accomplished great things. But in my experience, in my understanding of what they've done, while great and wonderful, and there's no, I, I don't mean this critical, what I'm saying is that we're called to something different. We're, we're walking and fulfilling and completing these things by the Spirit. And it's our mandate that we do only what the Spirit tells us to do. That's that we relinquish that control because there are things that we could accomplish in our own flesh. There are things that we have the ability to do if we choose to do them. And there may be times when the Holy Spirit just allows you to do that. But it's important that if we're going to walk according to the calling or the anointing that God has put upon this ministry that God's put upon the prayer center, that we take the time to say, how do you want to accomplish it, Lord? Because there are many things to be accomplished. There's many giftings, many callings, many developments in each one of our lives. But it's important that we're able to put the natural man's mind aside and to discern things by the Spirit of God. Sometimes the Lord remind me of something that I don't really want to talk about. And I, <laughs> and I have to make sure that, that he really wants to say it because it may not be what I want to say. I think I was 30 years old. 
And I already knew in my heart that God had called me to Africa. I knew that from the time I was about 18. And I struggled with it. I couldn't understand why I wasn't there. And I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. To the point that I kind of pretty well said, forget it. If you call me to this, fine. But I got stuff to do. And so I have to take care of my family and I have to, you know, I've tried doing that. I've tried going to Africa, Lord, and I can't get there. So if that's what you called me to, you're going to have to do it. And I didn't realize that's really all he was looking for. I didn't know that. But I almost forgot about it. I was in prayer one day and the Holy Spirit spoke to me just as clear as I'm talking to you today. Well, first I had like a little vision or picture or whatever as I was praying and I saw myself standing in front of a a person that didn't have very many clothes on. It was a man. I knew that it was in a foreign land. It was dark skinned. And then after I had that little experience, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I've given you the continent of Africa. I couldn't really even repeat those words for a while because it so shook me. It's just really, it was too big. It was too awesome. It was too, I wanted to say, you know, we've been down this road before. You know, (laughs) I told you I can't do it, you know, but I didn't. I just... I held it for a time, and then I began to to share it and slowly walk after those things. And even in that, you know, I'd love to say that was the last time that I ever tried to do it on my own, but there's been many times where I've I've been deceived into trying to accomplish it on my, in my own strength. There's been many times when I would go down a certain path, but... And this is the example that I want to give you. I I know that he's called me to the continent of Africa. And um, over over the years, he's made it very clear uh, what he meant by that. That it wasn't just a nice way of saying you're called to Africa. It It means every country in the continent of Africa. So I was like, okay. I've been to two, you know, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's more than I had been to before. So um, I've been to Kenya and I've been to Uganda. And this year, as uh, I'm preparing for this year, last year, actually, we were supposed to go to Kenya last year. And we had an entire family trip planned, everything. And um, the pandemic hit, we weren't able to go. But here's the thing. Before that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Towards the end of 2019. He said, I want you to go to Kenya. January 29th. I want you to return February 29th. I didn't misunderstand him. (laughs) I, I heard him very clearly. But I'd already pretty much decided I couldn't do that. I didn't say that with my mouth. I I said, I'm going to go. But in my heart, I pretty much decided there's no way I could do that. And so um, we didn't go. The pandemic hit, so we couldn't go. But I'd gone. (laughs) By February 29th, I'd have been back. And, you know, we we would have been able to accomplish what... The Lord had said. Now, I'm not saying that to put guilt on myself, or I, I don't have any, honestly. I know that God's grace is there, but here's what happened. I get a call from my sister. She wants to go to Africa. Her husband wants to go to Africa. Her daughter wants to go to Africa. My mother wants to go to Africa. My family wants to go to Africa. All of a sudden, the tickets are like less than half price. I buy all the tickets. I'm like, this has to be God. But you see, I was then functioning out of the natural man instead of the things of the Spirit. And so I had a wonderful trip planned even in my mind. My natural man was saying, this is what you've been waiting for your whole life. Look at this. Your whole family gets to go. And then we couldn't go. 
The airlines canceled the flights. The pandemic had hit. It's easy for me to just say, well, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knew that there was going to be a pandemic? Who knew that that was going to happen as just an accident or whatever? But the truth is, I had instruction. If I was able to get money for all four of my family members to buy tickets to go in June, why couldn't I have done that in January for me when he told me to do it? The difference was, I didn't really believe him when he said it. I had more faith in my own desire than I had in his word. Again, I'm not beating myself up. I'm just telling you the truth that these are the things he said. Now, what I haven't really said yet, not that interested in saying, but I'll say it, is that he spoke to me again towards the end of the year last year, and he said, next year... I want you to go to Uganda. And he said, this time when you go, will be the only time that you won't step foot into the nation of Kenya. Now, to me, in the natural, with my my natural thinking and with the things that we've established in Kenya and the, the word that God has given me, the direction that he's taken me, the things that he said to me the last time I was there, I know what he wants to, some of the things that he wants to accomplish there. I know what we can do when we go there. It's ridiculous to say, don't go to Kenya. I mean, it would be so outside of the way that most anyone would say to do something. But see, I have a choice to make. Am I going to follow the things that make sense? The things that I've established in my own understanding? The things I've done seven or eight or nine times? And not only that, but for the last... 11 years, the relationships that I've developed, the things that... I mean, when you tell someone that you're going to be, you know, within within an hour's plane ride from where they are, and that you're not coming there, they don't understand it. You know, you're on the other side of the world and here you're going to be on this side of the world. You're not even coming over to see us. I haven't said any of those things yet. I'm just saying that's the way that it's received by the natural man on both sides of it. For me, it seems ridiculous. The people over there, it it would seem ridiculous. But when we follow the Spirit, we don't have the luxury to choose how we're going to follow. You know... um, I love to travel, and I love to travel even in the United States. And so we've been to Florida a few times, and and it's always enjoyable to me to take a different route each time we go and see different things. And we have that luxury to choose which way we want to go. But when we're following the Holy Spirit, we don't have that luxury. When he says, you're at point A, and I want you to go to point B. We look at point B, and we say, "Huh, there we go. Here's point B. But the Lord says, well, no, hang on. I want you to go over here, and then there's something over here, and then we're going back. And and your natural mind is saying, why in the world would I go that direction when I know point B is over there? Um, For me, to get to Africa, the Lord sent me through Cushing, Oklahoma. You know, that's not the most direct route to get to, you know, Kenya, Africa. But he knew that there were things I was going to need when I got there, that there was no other way for me to get it except to go the direction that he said to go. The only way I was going to be fully equipped when I arrive is to leave the directions, the navigation, leave the pathway in the hands of the Holy Spirit, say, and be able to tell my natural mind, it's not up to you. You don't get to choose. This isn't a democracy. (laughs) You don't get to vote. We're going to follow the king. And uh, if you don't like it, then 
We're not going to eat for a while. What do you think of that? You know, you, you can begin to put, you, you have to put pressure on your natural mind and just say, no, it's not going to happen that way. If, you, if you're going to bug me about it, we're going we're to read the word for about five hours until you quit yelling at me. I'll get into the things of God. I'll have to immerse myself in the things of God just to keep my mind quiet at times. Because, you know, there are things that God asks us to do that they are dangerous. Okay, just like I said, the job that I do is dangerous. And it doesn't look dangerous because we're doing it. And sometimes God will ask you to do something and it seems very simple and you think I can do that and I can accomplish that and we want to do it our way. But the Lord might have, you know, a a process of preparation before you can do that thing. Just like there's a process of preparation before I can climb the ladder and change the light bulb and it may take me 45 minutes to set up the ladder to do a, a three second job but it's very important that I follow it that way because it's dangerous and there's things that could happen to me if I don't. Even the loss of life. And it's the same thing with the things of the Spirit. When God speaks to us and He has a direction for us to go, it's important that we learn to follow Him by the Spirit. And, and I believe that if we're sensitive and we listen, we ask Him to, He'll help us with the little things first. You know, I, it can be as simple as, what do you want me to read in the Word of God today, Lord? Because at least with that, I know that it's not dangerous. If I read the wrong thing, I'm still going to, I'm not going to get hurt. I'm going to be, it's going to help me either way. But I'm going to give him the opportunity. Speak to me, Lord. Direct me. Lead me. Let your spirit guide me. Because I don't want to ever be guilty of finishing something that was of the spirit Finishing it out in the flesh. I don't ever want to be guilty of it. Um, I, I haven't always been successful. But like I said before, it's not over yet. So, I mean, I can't judge the results because I haven't finished. So, I mean, you could say, well, it hasn't worked. Well, how do you know it didn't work? We, didn't, we haven't completed the task. If you're building a house and they, you know, poor foundation, they come by and they go, that doesn't look like much of a house. It's because it's not. You know, we're still building it. And we have to continue to follow the path and the instructions that are given to us so that we stay in the safety of the Holy Spirit as we fulfill the things of the Spirit. So while we walk down this path, and I'm more and more, I, I don't like to say that we're walking down a path to revival, but I know that all of us here understand that. But I, I, want to, I want to come to a better understanding that we're in revival. But while we're on this path to all that God's called us to, then let's enjoy the journey. <laughs> let's enjoy what He has set before us not and sometimes we can be so excited and so hopeful for the end result that we despise the path to get there and we can if we're not careful our natural mind will want to complain about the path to get there But what God wants is to make the path just as glorious for us as the end result. So that we're never really lacking on our way to the completed work. We never lack one day. Because wherever we're walking at that moment, we walk in the fullness of it. We may be on a path to maturity, not being the full maturity that we're going to, but we're as mature as we are right now. And so, in this level of maturity, God wants us to find comfort. He wants us to find contentment. He wants us to find joy and peace. And He wants us to have those fruits manifested in our life all the way through to completion.
So don't be so anxious to see the completed work that you're not thankful for the work he's doing today. You're not thankful for the path that we're standing on. Thank God that we're able to be here this morning. Thank God that we're able to have his glory minister to us on the pathway to the completed work that he has for us. Father, we worship you this morning. We thank you. We glorify you. You are more than enough. Help us to follow after your leading this week, this day, every moment. That we might enjoy the path that we're on. On our way to the destination. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He did <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, I just feel... The Holy, it's like the, the, God just wants us to know He's pleased. This morning I just sense the pleasure that you bring the Father. Just know that He's pleased with you. <laughs> know that you're not behind. receive his love this morning receive his grace to walk in all that he has for you in Jesus name Father we just thank you for that Amen so with that you guys are dismissed <laughs>